genre. Back to Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where we might do something we'll regret, like analyze and celebrate Spider-Man <laughs> Three. Uh, one, uh, everybody needs a little bit of help minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Zach Luna. I'm Steve Lasto, and I'm going to be amazingly positive this movie in this minute. <laughs> I'm Jerry O'Brien, and I'm going to try and stay positive unless we talk about a certain scene. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, what scene are we talking about today? We're, we're, we're still a good 30 minutes from that particular scene. So, so we're good uh, I think you're okay. safe. I think you're safe. <laughs> um, so, uh, so, so we're t- here to talk about minute 63, which begins with uh, MJ telling Peter that Aunt May was worried about him and ends with, uh, with Peter saying that he doesn't need MJ's help and MJ starting to leave and then turning back to say something. Um, oh boy! So uh, you know, it's th- this is this is uh, you know MJ trying her best. I mean, they're not really on the best of terms at this moment because Peter was being a dummy at dinner um, uh-huh. and really making everything all about himself. You know, in his in in his very slight defense, like five percent defense, um, <laughs> uh, MJ still hasn't told him why she's having such a rough go. Uh, he still yeah. doesn't know that she's been fired. Um, I feel like if she would just be honest and just say, like, I got fired from my job, I feel like things would change, like, kind of instantly mm-hmm. with him, where he would be like, oh, oh, let's not talk about me anymore. Let's talk about you. Oh, my God. What? Um, she, she really knows how to bury the lead. Yeah. 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 She's definitely <laughs> she's definitely burying the lead with this situation. And, um, I mean, obviously, now is certainly not an appropriate time to bring it up. Uh, and she knows yeah. that. And so she's she's back because ultimately, yes, they're having trouble, but she still loves him. And, yeah. um, you know, she still cares about him. And, and, and even if they're in the middle of a bit of a, a, an argument, you know, she still wants to make sure that he's OK when something like this comes up. Um, yeah. And so I really I really like this. I think that this this scene is, um, you know, pretty, pretty real. Like they do. They do a pretty good job of, of grounding this scene, I think, in um, mm-hmm. uh, not as much melodrama as can be uh, in a lot of these scenes. I think this is this is much more grounded. And I mean, uh, Kirsten Dunst in general, uh, starting with the second movie, especially has been pretty grounded just in general as a character she's she's kind of bringing a a a grounded approach to the character um yeah which actually makes it stand out sometimes amongst the rest of the movie because everything else is so heightened and she's very grounded and (laughs) it can kind of stick out but i think in this scene toby is also playing peter a little more grounded because he's you know being a grumpy gus and it's it's creating a scene that i think is fairly grounded overall to be honest even the lighting feels very grounded i like it yeah i like it too i like that um she like at the tail end of yesterday's minute opens with the um the the sort of white flag of i'm i'm not here at all to talk about our last argument i'm just here to help you out 
And then when she comes in the door, it's like, I don't know why I just really like this bit of business where it's like she's closing the door on that other thing they're dealing with. Uh, like this, we keep coming back to this frustrating door and you know how it was an, an issue earlier, but we don't take a beat with like, like we're not tempted by the joke of the door at this point. Mm-hmm. Like the door that doesn't work, the door that later we'll be mad about. None of that matters right now. What matters is being here for him. So it's like she's almost closing the door on the last thing they had, they said, and then just be cut into this really close coverage where she's just like there, you know, worried. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I like it. I, I want to I start by saying how much I love her as MJ. I think yeah. Kristen does was an excellent MJ. Mm-hmm. Um, and so last night I decided I have the, the Marvel Unlimited app so I can read anything, which is great. Um, yeah. I decided to read a bunch of amazing spider-mans around 257 to 259 259 is the issue where mary jane tells peter her past mm-hmm. and mm. you know if, after having informed him that she knows he's spider-man and all of that and like to me that 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 one issue informs me on informs my entire idea of who mary jane mary jane watson mary jane parker is mm-hmm. and i feel in this scene she's channeling that she's hitting that she's hitting that person She's mm-hmm. hitting that character so so well. Um, yeah. Um, you know when I when I say when I see MJ walk in the door, I'm I'm happy. Like yeah. that's a, yeah. I think I think that's how Peter feels. I mean, I would hope so. Isn't you know, fifty year love affair going on now? <laughs> I think that was always the idea of, of the effect she would have on Peter Parker from the time they first introduced the character uh, in the in the 1960s, which is it was a setup. She was like daughter of a friend of Aunt May and Aunt May was trying to convince Peter to meet this girl after Gwen Stacy died and hmm. you know he kept putting it off and putting it off and finally he meets her and you know I, what's the phrase she used you just hit the jackpot yeah yes face it yeah. tiger and, yeah. yeah right exactly <laughs> and she's very good here I will say I have a long standing thing about them casting blondes as redheads and redheads as blondes as the girlfriend <laughs> um, I think they should get that sorted out but having said that, uh, Kirsten Dunst does a, a, a pretty good job here. She's uh, yeah. she's a very good Mary Jane. Yeah, I, especially because this I scene think her red is... hair lo- in, in the defense of the red hair, I think the red hair looks great in this movie. This movie it's in particular. It's a wig. Oh, is it this is a wig? wig? This previous... one's a wig? No, yeah. oh, the previous is? two movies were wigs. This one is her real hair. I was just listening oh. to the commentary with Laura Ziskin the other day. Really? Like, yeah, we finally got her hair IMDb right lied to me. Oh. oh, those jerks. Oh, that's yeah. right, because it was a wig. It was definitely a wig in the first movie, and it was a wig mm-hmm. in the second movie. Is mm-hmm. that right? Okay. So, yeah, because yeah. the, the way they would do it before is they would just dye her bangs so that she would yes. have natural hair as bangs, the front. and then the wig would go, would go over the back of her hair. Um, uh, and so it would like be like a nice sort of like blending of the two. Um, yeah. But, yeah, okay, so this is her real hair. I guess, that's yeah, maybe amazing. that's just why it looks so good. That yeah, is absolutely only amazing. I would never have sure. known that in a million years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's was the magic of movies in lots of different ways. I, I think this scene in particular, it's one of those things where when people talk about the, the way they change the love interest in these movies, especially because Gwen kind of has nothing to do in this movie and they took a lot of aspects of Gwen and molded them into MJ in the earlier films. Um, but like when the chips are down, this is a scene that's like not at all about the surface level stuff where like MJ is like a party girl or a model or, you know, any of that stuff. It's just about the quality of her character as a person mm-hmm. that that way she is so supportive and so intuitive. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And and that's what's on display here mm-hmm. is what matters to their relationship, not the aesthetics of anything or the like occupation or any of that nonsense. It's just about who she is and her effect on him. What, what's interesting too about their take on Mary Jane, I don't know that this is anything that I've ever, I've ever really discussed about her, um, about this adaptation of, of Mary Jane Watson uh, mm-hmm. that I find interesting. Cause like the thing that, the thing that, you know, we've always talked about is that, you know, the, the, the part of the, the period of comics that Sam Raimi loved was the Ditko and uh, uh, Ramita era. That's yeah. that's the era era that he loves. That's the era that he grew up with. That's the era that he's read a million times, and the era that he wanted to base these movies off of. And so, you know, when they adapted Mary Jane, they obviously are are pulling from you know they're pulling a little bit from Liz, a little bit from Betty, a little bit from Gwen, and and ever so slightly a little bit from Mary Jane. But Mary Jane probably almost the least amount. Um, from that era in particular, you know, the, 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 uh, the comic arc that, College. that Steve was talking about is obviously there as well, but that's, that's not Raimi's era. That's from a different era way down the line. Right. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and so what I, what I think is so interesting is how by doing that sort of melting pot of Peter Parker love interest and creating this brand new Mary Jane Watson, uh, what they've inadvertently done is created the married the the post Gwen Stacy death Mary Jane Watson the one that has stopped being a party girl and has started taking her relationship with Peter very seriously and the one that he eventually marries and the one that he is married to you know when you compare this Mary Jane to the one that's in the uh, the bookend sequence in Spider Man Blue yes that is this Mary Jane. That is that is yeah. who this is, and and I find that really fascinating. That despite the fact that that is not the era that Sam Raimi enjoys, and that is not what he's adapting, he inadvertently did that by creating this sort of melting pot character. And I just I find that the 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 inadvertentness of this, the 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 accidental creation of the sort of iconic Mary Jane Watson, really interesting. Yeah, it's funny you should frame it like that because one of the things that I'm really enjoying, the, I think I'm enjoying the most about the the home. What do we call the current franchise? The MCU, oh, the MCU, MCU version ones? of this. Sure. Yeah. Um, is is Zendaya's version of of Mary Jane, and I I really hope they go deep into that character, and I'd like to see what they can do with a different different type of Mary Jane mm-hmm. that yeah. still resonates as the classic character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's gonna um, be fun. The actress is very talented, and they haven't done that much with it yet. Yeah, but, yeah. It's um, an analogous sort of uh, thing where the the surface things about like what is she doing or what is she studying or what you know sort of like career aspect does she have going or what color her hair is it doesn't really matter as much as moments like this or not to spoil things in other movies but like a, a moment in the more recent uh, MCU film where she is being supportive of Peter Parker and helping him and those sort of things that like this stuff mm-hmm. this is the good. MJ stuff and that's Absolutely. what matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's a, I mean, you know, and we'll talk about more about that adaptation of the character um, when we eventually get to those movies uh, on this mm-hmm. podcast. But, you know, I think the thing that I, I respect so much about what they're doing with that character is they're taking, they're looking at Mary Jane and they're looking at the recipe for the character, which is that she starts one way and then a tragedy forces her to turn into a different character because it makes her sort of reflect on herself and realize like oh I'm 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 kind of a joke like I'm doing this party mm. stuff I'm trying to like help Peter by the doing irresponsible things 
when I should just, you know, grow up and, and, you know, figure out that like sometimes bad stuff happens and we need to like face that stuff instead of running away from it. Uh And, and they're, they're taking that and they're looking at that and it's like, well, how would someone who had the kind of upbringing that Mary Jane has, how would they react to that in today's society? Right. Cause they wouldn't be party girl. Right. Because that's not really a thing anymore. Certainly not in high school age. Right. Um, Because that's incredibly inappropriate for that age. There's no no go go boot like shenanigans. Right. right. (laughs) It's an incredibly inappropriate way uh, to to write that character in modern context. So instead, what they do is they kind of make her a little goth, um, you know, Mm -hmm. where she's like kind of like a little too interested Uh, in that. I think you're showing your your age. Um, uh, well, I mean, that's, I, I am, I am, but like, I'm not, I'm not generation Z, Steve. So I have no idea. Um, I, and I don't, and I don't have kids who are, so I have no idea what they call no, those kinds I would be of kids in the same anymore. Boat as you. Um, no, no idea. No idea what they call I, those. I don't know. I don't know what to call that. What, what's how to, how to categorize her though. But you know, they are it's, hitting that note of she could have a troubled past. She's complicated as a result of it. Mm-hmm. Like they've set it all up in a very, you know, in, where you can explore the character in a fundamentally, you know, sort of similar way. Right. Where she's, 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 uh, you know, she is, she has a rough past and she's distracting herself with these other surface level things. You know, in the old Mary Jane, it was partying, dancing, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, getting men's attention. And in the homecoming universe, it's being a little too interested in death. And murders. <laughs> and Zack Snyder version of Mary Jane Watson. <laughs> I mean, not, no, 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 no. Zack Snyder's Less version colors. would definitely. Would, Zack Snyder's version would definitely be the go-go dancing, uh, uh, inappropriately <laughs> sexy Mary Jane. But um, muted because, colors. Because he definitely, right. yeah, with, with muted a, colors with because Tarantino he doesn't respect women. Sort of, um, sort of. But she'd be really into anime. She'd like. No, that's all right. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, it, it, so yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's it's really interesting uh, the way that they've chosen to adapt her. But like going back to our Mary Jane that we're we're looking at yes. right now, um, mm-hmm. you know, I I think that it's it's fascinating to me that they have, you know, they're they're playing with the knowledge that everyone has that you know Spider Man marries Mary Jane because um, that was a big. News thing. It was like kind of like the first big comic book news thing, um, which was like, uh-huh. oh, Spider Man and Mary Jane got married, and then that was eventually usurped in the '90s with uh, with the death of Superman. Um, but this was kind <laughs> of the first big news story, like the big first like comic book news story was that Spider Man is marrying Mary Jane Watson, and it was a really big deal. And so everyone kind of vaguely knows through pop culture osmosis at this point. That the person that Peter Parker marries is Mary Jane. And so they use that to their advantage and they create this sort of melting pot of a love interest character that is Mary Jane Watson. And I I just think it's I think it's a great take on the character. I really do. They also yeah. put her in a position where she shows off an immense amount of emotional intelligence. Yes. Because she's yes. you know, she's clearly spoken to Aunt May. And not only that, and this is this I'm not so crazy about, but she she knows how Pete, that Pete feels guilty, mm-hmm. um, and I'm a little, I'm a little that, that that throws me off. But she shows a ton of emotional intelligence in a scene where Peter's showing very, very little. Yeah, yeah. Typical yeah. man. Right. He's totally shut down emotionally, and she is totally open and empathetic right. emotionally. 
Yeah. And and trying to what what she's trying to do, she's trying to be the person that he was she was wanting him to be with her situation. Yeah, exactly. She's just trying to she's just trying to be there for him the way that he she yeah. wanted him to just be there for her. Um he, she's not trying to be like, you know, this reminds me of the time when I was a little girl and this happened to me. <laughs> like she's she's not doing what he was doing. Um she's yeah. just trying to be there. And be available for him. And she's ready to listen. Yeah, she's ready to listen. And And she's put her own problems to the side. Yeah. And it's and it's it's such a great uh uh way of showing that their their relationship problems are very real. Um, you know, Peter is is not doing what he's supposed to be doing with her, like with a relationship. He's kind of just treating her as this thing that he won. And now, like I'm, I'm the best guy. I'm a, Sp- I'm Spider Man. I've got the girl of my dreams. This is great. And he's not doing the work. He's not right. doing the work that it takes to maintain a relationship. <clears throat> and she's trying, and he is just failing over and over again. Ah, oh, Peter, yeah, you dumb doofus. Um, but I, yeah. you know, we we talked about how earlier in the movie we talked about how um, he did not. He obviously never told her that. Harry's father, Norman, was the Green Goblin. Um, that he, he never told her that because she does not seem to know that that's a thing uh, based on conversations that they have earlier in the movie. However, he did confess to her about what happened to uh, Carradine. Oh, yeah. To, to, to Michael Papa John's yeah. character. Yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, he, she knows that he inadvertently killed someone. Um, or, or was responsible in some way for his death. And I, I think it's interesting that she, she brings it up in a way that isn't necessarily passing judgment, but she's sort of like putting two, she's, she seems to be like a few degrees ahead of Peter in that she's like, oh, he was talking about how he like inadvertently killed the guy. And now that guy wasn't responsible. So like he must feel terrible. Yeah. Uh and and Peter is just in abject denial. Um yeah. which is uh not great. It's not great. And and I like that she she brings it up as like a warning and he he immediately, you know, takes offense to it or whatever. Um but I I love that she immediately goes to I'm not accusing you of anything. I'm just like here for you to remind you. Right. Um th- there's no animosity coming from her but she is like reminding him of the danger that's mm-hmm. there but but he doesn't want to listen at all right. all while she's living with the biggest d- disappointment of her entire life yeah 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 i mean and and but the thing is like i, I can i can relate to what peter's going through right now that oh, that, yeah. that feeling yeah. of just wanting to wallow of like i don't want to share my feelings i just I want to be by myself and I want to think about how stupid I am and how how angry I am about the situation. <laughs> I don't want somebody to tell me to feel better. I just I just want I I just want to be by myself. And it's it's a very sort of masculine way to deal with problems. Hey um, everybody, a Peter pity party. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's it's it, it is a toxic way to feel. Yeah. And, and, but I've been there, I've been there yeah. so many times and, and you always regret it looking back, but at the time you just can't, you can't see through it, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So. And it would be it would be better if you could if when you're in that funk, you could just honestly say that's the funk you're in. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas he goes for the no everything's fine. I don't need anything. Just I don't no, everything's fine. Yeah. And not I'm in a really bad depressive space and I need to you know focus on this, but I won't do something dumb. But that's not. It's communication again. Like these are understandable human emotions. These are understandable like stances to take. Mm-hmm. The, it's just about communication, mm-hmm. and uh, that's that's where you know Peter's it, dropping the ball. <laughs> in, in Peter's defense, you know he has he, he just hasn't had enough time to process this yet. Oh, absolutely not. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, it's it's only you know it hasn't been. We we can assume it hasn't been very long, mm-hmm. which makes the whole conversation with Aunt May and her getting here and all that seem very seem a little rushed. But mm-hmm. you know, this hit him on a lot of different levels and tearing it apart. You know. All he wants to do is kill a guy. But he feels guilty because he killed a guy. Right. Yeah. You can't sort that out in the early evening. You need at least, you know, three or four hours yeah. to work through that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Um, a unique pickle. Okay. I, uh, I just want to point out, just filmmaking-wise, uh, I, I always get excited when they do one of those fun shots that does more than one thing. And... Um, like for for him right the police scanner is emblematic of if i if i hear that they found this guy i'm gonna go get him uh you know it's it's the revenge plot made a device in the room Mm -hmm. and when she asks him to turn it down we have this shot like we've been very simple coverage until then but we have this shot where he around like 26 seconds in he turns away from her like really really kind of pissed walks over and the shot stays with him tilts down to the dial as he switches it off and then back up and then he retakes the stance like instead of cutting to an insert on it Mm -hmm. we do four shots in one Mm -hmm. kind of well and i I think there's there's multiple things going on there right it's mm -hmm. it's that it one he doesn't turn it off he turns it down right right turns it down Uh, which 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 is which is important the other bit (laughs) of it is from a coverage standpoint from a direction standpoint um he is more emotionally connected to that police scanner than he is to her. That's why he's sharing a shot ah, with the police exactly. scanner and not with her. Oof. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. Pretty solid work here on, uh, on it's all working. <laughs> and, then, and that's, and that's, that's the thing that, you know, you always have to, I think you always have to remember with this movie is that like Sam Raimi is a very good filmmaker. He knows what he's doing. It's just, unfortunately with this movie, he couldn't see the forest through the trees, but the trees are all pretty good. Like individually, <laughs> you know, like there's reasons for things uh, in, in each thing. It's just that when you take a step back and you look for the, look at the forest, you're like, Oh, that's not a great looking forest. Um, but 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 the trees are nice, and and this is a really good tree. Uh, Spider Man Three. This is a pretty good tree. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> good good trees, ugly forest. Good trees, ugly forest. Yeah, I'll sign off on that. <laughs> oh man. Um, I don't know. Any other uh, any other thoughts on uh, on this particular minute? It's a, it's a little light. I mean, it's emotional, but it's a light minute. Yeah, I don't have much. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, guys, uh, tell us about uh, tell us about some of the the shows that you are responsible for. Yeah, where can we hear more of you? Yeah, on X Minutes podcast, we do the first X Men movie one scene at a time. That's X Minutes Podcast dot com. It's been a while so. since I checked it out online. Um, <laughs> and so far, we're not doing any other of the X 
recommend movies, but hope springs eternal. Um, <laughs> we had talked about doing first class if we ever did a second season. Nice. And, and that's all available. Like we can want, listen to the whole thing right now. You can listen now, to the whole thing just... right now. It would take awesome. you more than a day or so, but you could listen to it if you wanted. <laughs> and um, like everybody else, we're waiting with bated breath to see what the MCU does with mutants and the X-Men characters now that they have everything under one roof. I think it'll be very oh, exciting. I, I think, I, I truly believe that if they get literally anyone to direct X-Men for the MCU that isn't the, the Duffer brothers, I think they're making a huge mistake. Oh. <laughs> hmm, interesting. <laughs> I, think, I think the Duffer brothers doing an X-Men movie for the MCU, would they, I think they would knock it out of the park. Yeah. I think they would. I think there's a lot of other people who could do an X-Men movie Solid for them. Um, but the Duffer yeah, Brothers no, I, th- are- I think so too. But I'm, I'm, I, I think I'm just, I'm interested in, in someone with a take on the characters and not just wanting to just do a, just like a basic X-Men thing. I don't know. I think they would be able to do iconography uh, of the X-Men with like a, a, uh, a new take on it that isn't just a rehash of the Fox movies. Um, in a way that I think could be really interesting, but uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway. I think unfortunately we're a long, long way from new X Men movies. Um, you know, you my know, my, like my theory, my theory is the way that they'll introduce them is uh, they will introduce them in other films, like individual mutant characters in other films, and then build to an X Men movie down the line, the way they built to an Avengers movie. Yeah, and, yeah. and I can't I, help I but feel that. that all these comments by. Uh, Kevin Feige, that you know, it'll be a while. It'll be a while. We got to sort this out. I think that's a misdirect. I think you're going to see something. You're going to see something fairly soon. It may not be a full blown X Men movie, but yeah. you're going to see a very prominent X Men character within the next two or three movies. I I I completely agree. I completely agree. I I think we could get. I think the first one could be Storm and Black Panther too. You know, exactly. Um, yeah. So or Hank McCoy. Um, you know, in a science role in right. one of the future oh, yeah. Spider-Man movies or something like that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Or or Kitty Pride goes to school with him or something like that. Um, I definitely think something like that is what we're looking for. And then it's going to eventually build to an X-Men movie uh, down the I'm, line. I'm going to go a little left field with this one. I'd like to see them seeing as they're, they're clearly spending more time in space. I'd like to see them start with the Shire Empire and introduce the X-Men boy way of that. That'd be cool. Oh, That'd be interesting. Or yeah. introduce them that way I through Guardians. I think your ideas are of- much more manageable than mine, though. <laughs> or they could do what you just said, but just introduce them that in that way through Guardians of the Galaxy. Hmm. Also possible. Or yeah. or you do uh, you do you you build up the X Men the way we described, and then you on on the in the Earthbound movies, and then you introduce the Shi'ar Empire in all of the cosmic movies, and then you eventually bring it all back together again. Uh, you know, eventually you like you cross pollinate the two things later down the line. See, now that's how I want to see the Phoenix storyline happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. I would love that. That's an that is a that is an awesome way of doing it, guys. We figured this out. <laughs> we got to call Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> somebody, somebody, get me Kevin's number. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure he'll take my call. The host of Spider Man Minute. Come on. Uh, you you <laughs> don't get more guy? clout than that. Yeah, it's <laughs> true. <laughs> Uh, Steve, where else can we hear you on the old interwebs? Ah, in addition to doing a podcast with Jerry, I also did a podcast with um, Jonathan Carlyle, mm-hmm. the Princess Bride Minute. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, John, Jonathan was our guest last week. Oh, excellent. How is he? 
He's great. Good. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> um, I was on with Jonathan last time I was on this show. Um, and I, I have a very soft spot for the Princess Bride minute because I really enjoyed doing that with Jonathan. And not that I didn't enjoy doing anything with Jerry, but um, <laughs> um, but now it's now it's so far it's, it's a couple years in the past, so like I, I it, it's like a fond memory at this point. Um, yeah. But so yeah. Jonathan and I did the Princess Bride minute by minute. There are ninety nine episodes. One day we might do one more episode on the um, on Buttercup's baby. Um, we haven't been able to find the manuscript though, and. Um, <laughs> Um, you can find out about the Princess Bride Minute at theprincessbrideminute.com. Um, on well, let's be honest, our Twitter our Twitter thing is pretty dead. Um, theprincessbrideminute.com, <laughs> iTunes, um, your Android shopping, your Android app stores, where you get your Android app, your Android podcasts, um, and um, we've actually had a real a little spate of activity recently in a battle of wits, which is our Facebook um, group. So if you're interested, swing on by there. Jonathan and I will. Um, We'll we'll check in from time to time, and um, it's a it's a you know if you like the movie, it's a really great podcast. Um, and um, you know, Jonathan's also doing Jonathan's also doing what um, UHF soon. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah he talked Real about that of fish. Week. So check uh, check that out too. <laughs> yeah, and 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 Zach and I were both guests on Princess Bride Minute, right? So um, yeah, you were. I think Zach was the first guest or the second. Hey, look at that! You were the second yeah. guest. I think. Um, um, What's her name? Um, the Queen of the Minutes. Oh, Crystal oh, uh, Beth. Crystal Beth. Yeah. Crystal yeah. Beth is the. Uh, <laughs> if I recall, guest. Steve, I was the first guest on Princess Bride Minute who actually saw the movie in a theater. In theaters, yeah, that, that is correct. That you you um, beat Jeff Vincent by one by one week. <laughs> <laughs> Fabulous. Uh, all well, right. Be sure to check those out. Yeah, yeah. check check all that stuff out. And uh, thanks for listening, everyone. And we will be back uh, with Minute sixty four tomorrow. Bye, everybody. Bye. See ya. Bye-bye, boys. <laughs>